The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Friday, March 3rd in Hong Kong, Thursday, March 2nd in New York. And coming up today, Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic says the central bank could pause rate hikes sometime this summer. Citigroup is cutting hundreds of jobs across the company. And China ramps up its push for domestic chip production. Blinken says he told Lavrov the U.S. wants Russia back in the SALT agreement. China reacts to USA to Taiwan, saying it undermines peace and stability. Concern about the congressional TikTok legislation. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, after the bell, chipmaker Broadcom gave a rosy revenue forecast for the current quarter. Let's get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Broadcom is one of the world's biggest chip makers, and it indicates that companies are still spending on corporate networking infrastructure. Broadcom said revenue in the fiscal second quarter will be about $8.7 billion. Now that compares with an average analyst estimate of $8.58 billion. The outlook suggests Broadcom continues to weather a slowdown better than many of its chip peers. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Well, let's stay with this theme of semiconductors now because we have Chinese Vice Premier Liu He saying that China needs to mobilize national resources to develop a domestic microchip industry. That story from Bloomberg's Yvonne Men. Liu He said China must focus on research and development with companies and entrepreneurs playing the key role. His comments come as Washington limits China's imports of the most advanced semiconductors. And Liu spoke days after President Xi Jinping urged the country to accelerate scientific research to achieve self-reliance. Meantime, China has pledged to invest another $1.9 billion in the country's biggest memory chips maker, Yangtze Memory Technologies. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Meantime, the White House and Congress are working to lessen the national security risk from various Chinese social media apps. That's according to President Biden's Commerce Chief Gina Raimondo. She said that U.S. senators are thinking hard about the right way to protect security. If what we're worried about is Chinese-backed companies being on, you know, tens of millions of American phones, including members of the military and privacy concerns, data concerns, misinformation concerns. That doesn't just apply to TikTok. 
Raimondo is among the top U.S. officials driving efforts to counter what they see as rising economic and strategic threats from Beijing. Her department issued broad export controls on chip-making technology to China last year, and she's now leading the way in a $52 billion effort into the U.S. semiconductor industry, which she frames as a key national security resource. The U.S. boutique firm GQG Partners has invested $1.87 billion in India's Adani Group. That story from Bloomberg's Annabelle Droolers. A statement from Adani says GQG bought shares in four firms from an Adani family trust. The purchases were made at discounts ranging from 4.2 to 12.2% of the latest closing prices. GQG chairman Rajiv Jain said he had confidence in the Adani group. He told Bloomberg his own company's edge is understanding better than others how utilities operate. The four firms are Adani Ports, Adani Green Energy, Adani Transmission and the flagship Adani Enterprises. The stakes taken in the very Various companies range from 2.5 to 4%. Jane echoed a line from Warren Buffett saying, you have to be greedy when people are fearful. The Adani group said it welcomed the order. In Hong Kong, I'm Annabelle Drulers, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Citigroup is cutting hundreds of jobs. That story from Bloomberg's Ann Cates. Bloomberg is reporting that Citi will eliminate positions across the company, with the Wall Street Giants investment banking and mortgage divisions among those affected. Sources say the reductions are routine and amount to less than 1% of Citigroup's 240,000-person workforce. The move comes just weeks after J.P. Morgan Chase laid off hundreds of mortgage employees. And Goldman Sachs in January embarked on one of its biggest rounds of job cuts ever, with plans to chop thousands of positions. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner. And a curious day in markets today, Doug. You mentioned a lot there. The bounce off the 200-day moving average is one thing. Bostick's comments about a possible pause this summer. And CNBC's reporting of Dan Loeb taking a purchase of shares in AMD also got a little bit of attention. And then also just that yesterday's stocks hit a six-week low. It was a surprising day. Yeah, but I don't think you can underestimate the degree to which uh, the American economy is facing inflation pressure, more worrisome than perhaps the data on first-time jobless claims, unit labor cost in the fourth quarter, Brian, rising at an annual rate of 3.2%. That was nearly three times the preliminary estimate. We have really yet to see any softening in the labor market, despite all the aggressive tightening that we've had from the Fed. And today, Treasury Secretary Yellen was saying the Fed simply will have to reduce the heat of the jobs market. Yeah, it, it's it's really tough to say, though, whether or not we'll get a follow-on. Uh, we had one month's data. Uh, it seems like we'll get a follow-on, that inflation isn't going down anytime soon. But, you know, you'd want to have more than one month. Uh, so I think that's why some people are thinking, well, if the economy is this strong, as it apparently uh, is, uh, there's some question about that. But uh, until you get a second month, you know, they're not throwing in the towel. In fact, uh, a rally today really gets your attention as what is the market trying to tell us? I wanted to mention as well, the Broadcom story, it adds to NVIDIA's comments earlier. And that also makes it interesting for a sector that had been troubled. We had the socks up uh, about 1% today. Yeah. And uh, also after the bell, we heard from HP Enterprise, uh, a strong forecast for the current quarter. So if you're talking not only about semiconductors, but uh, information technology more broadly, some positivity. Yeah. All right. It's time now for global news. 
U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says he was very direct in his short meeting with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. Ed Baxter has global news from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, that's right, Brian. The Secretary says simply direct. I urge Russia to reverse its irresponsible decision and return to implementing the New START Treaty, which places verifiable limits on the nuclear arsenals of the United States and the Russian Federation. And in the 10-minute meet on the sidelines of the G20, Blinken says they also talk China, as China and Russia are the only two nations to vote against the resolution to end the war in Ukraine. Blinken takes that as a sort of win. When you have 18 of the 20 agreed on uh, what needs to be done and committed to working together to do it, Again, that is uh, effective multilateralism in action. Blinken believes in a few months G20 will find a way to put into action the consensus reached by the foreign ministers this week regarding Ukraine. China's responded to the U.S. announcement. The U.S. has pledged an additional $619 million in F-16 munitions and other supplies to Taiwan. Xinhua reports the move seriously violates the one China principle and the three China-U.S. joint communiques. Meanwhile, Taiwan's defense minister says more Chinese fighters jets flew again yesterday in the southwestern part of the island and defense identification zone. Some concern has been expressed today regarding the TikTok bill introduced in Congress. Today on Bloomberg's Balance of Power, Representative Gregory Meek says it seems, well, it just seems too broad and that it will hurt American companies. Uh, American companies uh, that uh, would be subject to being sanctioned uh, by uh, this bill. So, so Bloomberg's Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief Peggy Collins talked with Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo today and says, uh, well, the Commerce has a number of concerns. It's not just TikTok that they have some concerns about at the intersection of national security and privacy. So, But she did also mention that they are working and planning to work more with Congress to come up with a strategy to deal with some of these questions. And Raimondo is also talking about going to China this year to talk technology ambitions and trade in general. I'm going to India next week. I'll be going to Africa thereafter. I'm going to go to Brazil. So I'm certainly going to be sending my team over, uh, probably even this spring. We're trying to work that out. And uh, yes, I think probably I would. Meanwhile, she says the Biden administration is focused on having those ties, but looking at U.S. interests. And the White House is saying today it is deeply concerned about reports of Iranian schoolgirls being poisoned. White House spokesman Rear Admiral John Kirby says... Well, they don't really know at this point what's going on. Truth is, we don't know right now uh, what caused those ailments. Uh, We see reports that the Iranian government are investigating it. That's the right course of action. We want those investigations to be thorough and complete, and we want to be transparent. Kirby says a little girl's going to school should not have to worry about being poisoned. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. 
join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis here in Hong Kong alongside Rashad Salamat and uh, Krisner, of course, uh, on the markets with Ed keeping us up to date on news. Let's get to our guest, George Ball, Chairman Sanders Morris Harris. George, earnings estimates are coming down. Interest rates are still going up. Inflation is pretty sticky. Margins are getting hit. It doesn't seem like a very good environment for risk assets. Your thoughts on what to do next? History, I think, is uh, instructive. Uh, history is not productive or predictive, uh, I'm afraid. There's a great old country song. Uh, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. And I think that's very true of the markets today. There's an obsession, a singular obsession with guessing at what the Fed may do next, when it'll do it, uh, and to what extent will it do it. Today's rally, I think, was fueled by a, uh, not a belief, but really an acceptance that the Fed is going to keep rates high for a long time. It's going to raise rates uh, in March, in May, maybe one more, uh, time after that, but uh, rates aren't going to go down for a long, long time. And chaotically, uh, that's all right. Businesses can deal with that. And I think that the Bostec fueled 300 point rally today was basically investors saying, all right, we know what it's going to be like for the next few years in terms of monetary policy. We can live with that. Uh, and the bull instinct, the risk on instinct took over. So t- tell me something here, George. I mean, does it, I mean, are we just going back to the old normal? I mean, with rates at, let's say, 5% or thereabouts. And, you know, the thing is, by going up there, do we now perhaps get in time, perhaps in a few months' time, start seeing, um, you know, it working in the sense that, uh, you know, the tide's going out and we're going to find out who's naked. Uh, you you find out what the scum is when, when, when the pond is drained, and that is going to happen. Uh, looking back, by the way, to the extreme tightening back in the Vol- Volcker era, uh, that's exactly what took place. Uh, now, today, you, you have... Uh, Fed rates at, at a level where goods inflation is really coming down very rapidly. Service wage inflation takes much longer to tame. The expectations uh, trail on for much, much longer. But I think the Fed sees that uh, if they keep things where they are, plus the two or possibly three increases everybody expects, uh, that inflation will get back down two or toward their, their 2% goal, uh, there will be casualties along the way. Uh, well, let's, there will, uh, yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about the casualties, uh, possibly. You remember back in 2004, we had that time when the Fed raised interest rates uh, for uh, 17 consecutive meetings of 25 basis yeah. points. It took us up to five and a quarter percent and finished in 2006. And it wasn't too long after that, uh, that the tide pulled out and we saw what was happening in the housing market. Um, I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen again or that we'll get a banking crisis. Uh, but can you speculate or think about what maybe will be exposed by these very high levels of interest rates in a very quick period of time? 
Uh, I when I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, like like every uh, middle aged or elderly uh, <laughs> uh, male, uh, I, I I worry. And you know, unfortunately, uh, stole by thunder by saying the housing market uh, and and lenders to to the housing markets uh, could be in in a very difficult position. There is the possibility, uh, although I think it's fairly low, that uh, short-term commercial markets could could freeze up again. And that, that for the highly levered companies and for the high yield risk type of companies could, could be catastrophic. Uh, and I think uh, for some of the REIT and REIT-like companies that are, that are lenders to the office uh, uh, market, uh, Workers are not going back to the office in any great number anytime soon. There will be uh, excess space, and you're going to see some devastation quite possibly in that sector as well. George, are you uh, uh, are you bullish on bonds? Once again, uh, you know, after a long pause of, no, well, I haven't liked bonds, uh, <laughs> gentlemen once again prefer bonds. Uh, it, 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 it's 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 very simple. A four, uh, uh, a nearly five percent, four point eight eight percent yield on a two-year uh, treasury is a very warm, comfortable uh, uh, blanket. Uh, and if you just sleep under that blanket for two years, you're going to be all right. So uh, bonds, particularly the shorter-duration bonds, I think, uh, have a great deal of allure right now compared to almost anything else, certainly compared to riskier bonds. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.